0: What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Thursday, June the 22nd 2023. It's episode 161 of the pod. However, you listen, thank you for doing so. You can find the pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, in the Money Podcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar, Matt Bernier Show. You'll get this episode along with the 161 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, Comments, any kind of interactions, the more the merrier, for better or for worse. If you've got negative opinions, uh, please, I'd still like to hear those. Uh, Positive opinions, sure. Up for that as well. Um, And the beauty of any of these feeds, specifically the In The Money podcast feed and the In The Money podcast, media channel over on YouTube, not only will you get notified when my shows pop up, but you're going to get notified when all the shows that in the money media produces come live, whether it be the players pod, whether it be JK plus one, whether it be horse players happy hour, whether it be anything, anything that in the money media pumps out, you're going to get notified if you subscribe to the feeds or if you subscribe over on YouTube. Again, make sure if you're on YouTube, the bell icon's lit up. This week's show, uh, a week, two weeks since the Belmont Stakes, Triple Crown wraps up. I've said it before. I look at the racing calendar as two six-month periods. The lead up to and including, I guess it would be a little more than six months, but effectively I'm looking first Saturday in May to first Saturday in November. So the time through the Breeders' Cup is breeder's cup time and then once breeder's cup comes and goes all attention shifts to the three-year-olds if you can hear my kid upstairs yelling it's lunchtime um but then it just starts over again once the triple crown comes and goes then all eyes go back to the breeder's cup and kind of looking toward the big races at the end of the year and I think that starts now. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to have the Stephen Foster. It'll be run at Ellis Park as opposed to Churchill Downs. But that's going to be a very important race, which will then propel some of those horses on to the Whitney at Saratoga, which could then lead you to the Jockey Club Gold Cup or any number of different spots. Same goes for fillies and mares. We just had the Ogden Phipps at Belmont. Before you know it, we're going to start rolling into the Clement L. Hirsch out west at Delmar. We're going to roll into the personal ensign at Saratoga. I mean, I'm really kind of stating things that everyone already knows now, but I started looking at it and I'm not thinking necessarily of the three, (laughs) she is not happy, of the three-year-olds in general, because at this juncture, I don't think any of them, and it's not fair to judge them at this point because it's still early, I'm a big believer of three-year-olds improving over the summer, taking a pretty significant leap, some of them to possibly be able to run and be competitive with the older contemporaries. But at this juncture right now, none of the three-year-olds are fast enough, really, in any of the glamour divisions. They might be close, but they've still got a ways to go. And maybe we'll I'll speak differently of them in about two months' time. But if you go through and look, I was just kind of thinking after looking at some of the results from Belmont Weekend and thinking a little more about not just the horses that won, but the divisions themselves. You can look at this kind of from two different ways. And that's what this week's show is going to be about. And I'm curious to hear everyone else's thoughts. Uh, if you agree or disagree, you know the drill. Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt. Although, to be fair, I don't want people thinking I'm ignoring them. I just have so many of my sort of notifications narrowed down to filter out all the bullshit. So if I don't reply to you or I don't hit the little heart button, it's it's... Primarily because I didn't get it. I didn't see it. If you have something pertinent that absolutely needs to go through, you can certainly send me a DM. Uh that's probably the easiest way to go through, but you still need to have, you know, your email certified and all this other shit. But neither here nor there. The easiest way is beneath the video player on YouTube. When you look at the Breeders' Cup races themselves and their corresponding divisions. Okay, so think of the classic. You're primarily looking at the older males. You could be looking at three-year-old male. Um, I guess there's a chance you could be looking at a distaffer or a a older female. That seems highly unlikely, but in the past, it's happened. With the distaff, you're looking at the older females. With the sprint, you're looking at male sprinters, possibly female sprinters, but primarily male. Philly and mare sprint, Philly sprinters, the turf, or even the mile, you could be looking at older turf male. You could be, or older turf male, turf male. Uh, Philly and mare turf or the mile you could be looking at female turfer, and then with the turf sprint, you know they they don't really have a division of their own from a, an award standpoint, but they do have their own race on Breeders Cup Saturday. And it, it, I know there's a long way to go. Injuries happen. Horses get hurt. Horses don't do what we think they're going to do. Someone else jumps up. This, that, and the other. When you kind of go through each of those divisions and their corresponding year-end awards for from an eclipse standpoint doesn't it feel like it's getting late early it's june 22nd and i'm looking at this list and i'm saying all right well tell me tell me who's going to stub their toe in any of these divisions let's start off with the turf sprint no there's no eclipse award but there is a turf sprint for the breeders cup And these are all the Saturday races. I'm going to ignore the two-year-olds because there's just not enough data on them just yet. You know, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread might not be unveiled until Labor Day. We're still months away from that. But if you start with the turf sprint on Breeders' Cup Saturday, there are other really talented turf sprinters. There's no question about it. But Caravelle has kind of separated herself from the pack in my eyes. Maybe her margins of victory aren't astronomical, especially against the boys, but she's defeated everyone that's come at her. The Breeders' Cup, the configuration of the turf sprint this year at Santa Anita, that's going to work a hell of a lot better for her than if they ran it down the hill at 6.5, which it's a shame they're not, but that's another conversation. You know, she's going to be, and she deserves to be, I think, the favorite in any race she runs in from a turf sprint standpoint. So, sure, you could make arguments for casa creed you can make arguments for big invasion you can make arguments for you know some european that comes over or someone else but right now it seems to me pretty clear that she is boss okay so there's one division let's talk about the older female or the i keep saying older there's not a three-year-old turf female or it's just turf female she could be dangerous in either the filly and mare turf or the mile division in my eyes but in italian with the way that she's gone about things to this point i i think it's a double-edged sword for anyone that is trying to challenge her and and frankly it'll take a european if anyone's going to beat her it'll be a european it won't be anything we've got here because no one we've already seen that none of these horses can warm her up but in italian with her speed she's a very unique turf type because she has the ability to sit but her her best asset is her speed and i i always think of a horse like teppen who you know I, i've talked about the that that kind of mold the teppen the wise dan the the horse that is up there pressing the pace or stalking it even but has enough left in the tank to outkick or kick comparably to the deep closers who are doing their best running at the end of the race. Within Italian, she still has that sort of ability to kick on at the end, but she's actually cutting out the fractions. So she becomes that much more dangerous because she's, she's at the head of the, the pack. She's, she's the engine, not the caboose. She's the one that is setting the fra- the fractions. She's setting the pace. And it it's going to take an otherworldly turn of foot to go and get her. Now, maybe it's a horse like Inspiral, who we saw run so well the other day in the Queen Anne. That was at a mile. You know, I don't have any reservations, really, that she could get a mile and a quarter or whatever it is at Santa Anita starting down the hill. But her turn of foot needs to be so electric if she's going to be able to run down and it's not like she's a slow horse or she lacks any kind of tactical ability but she just needs to be so far superior from a turn of foot standpoint to In italian that right now i don't know that i see her losing in italian unless somebody enters a rabbit and even then i'm pretty confident that In italian can shut off and pull that Tepin wise dan kind of trip so whether she goes in the philly and mare turf or even in the mile Maybe the mile's a hair on the sharp side, but with the way that she's gone, I wouldn't rule that out. I don't think they'll do that because I don't believe the mile and a quarter starting down the hill. I've said it to a few different people. If Chad Brown won the Philly and mare turf at Santa Anita with Day at the Spot, who had a very similar running style to In an Italian, and I, I love Day at the Spot. She was a great, I believe she was a New York bred, really nice mare. I don't think she could warm In Italian up. So... With that in mind, explain to me how she's going to lose in November at Santa Anita. I just don't see it. So there's another race in another division that, barring something unforeseen, seems pretty cut and dry. Male turf. Now he could go in either the turf or the mile. The reason it's probably a little bit of an unknown for up to the mark at this point is the turf is at a mile and a half. You know, he's got, an, I think, a tremendous turn of foot. Mile, sure, they could certainly do that. I get the impression, and it sounds like they want to keep going longer with him. And maybe you won't find Maybe it'll be a bricks-and-mortar situation where he is not... Oh, hello. He's not actually asked that question, that mile-and-a-half test, until the very end, until Breeders' Cup Saturday, which would be a, a bit of a scary proposition when you consider, you know, you'd be taking a rather short price... Doing something he's never done before. But purely domestically, exp- tell me who's going to beat him. Tell me who's going to get close to him. He's beaten up on some pretty decent European horses, never mind the Americans. So if the distance doesn't get him beat, he's right there. It, you know, it certainly depends what comes over here. That horse that ran the other day, that won the Prince of Wales, most enough, he looks really good, but it sounds like they are content keeping him at a mile and a quarter, and I don't know that they're in a rush to run him over here in the United States. He's got sort of a global campaign, he starts the year over in the Middle East, takes a little bit of time, goes back to Europe, and now looks like he's blossoming into a, a potential superstar at those middle distances. But beyond that, barring something crazy coming from Europe, up to the mark's not going to lose to any of these horses here. In the U.S., he's just not. He's not much better than everyone. You could make the argument he is among the best turf horses we've seen domestically over the past ten years. I think he's already established himself. He's there with bricks and mortar. He's probably there with an animal kingdom. Uh, he's probably there. with He's already probably he hasn't accomplished as much, but I would say he's, talent wise, he's right there, if not more so or better than Point of Entry. I mean, he's he is a proper proper racehorse. So there's another division and another race that's potentially, as far as the American hopes are concerned, locked up. Female sprinter. You know, for the Philly and Mare sprint, you know, you, you could certainly see some of these three-year-olds take a step forward. I just don't know that I think any of them are potentially of this caliber, but Goodnight Olive, you know, maybe her running style will end up being a bit of a, a problem, but she continues to defeat all comers. Whoever comes to try to take her on, she just goes out there and beats him. And she's beating good horses. I think Wicked Halo is extremely talented. I like, think Monterey is very good. And I know, you know, the trip got her beat at Churchill. But I'm I'm not in a rush to play against Goodnight Olive. Maybe on figs she doesn't tower over the field like some of the other horses we've already talked about, but very similar to Caravelle you know is she head and shoulders above her division from a number standpoint no but there's something to be said about a horse that just goes out and wins and it doesn't matter about what track doesn't matter about necessarily the pace scenario as long as she doesn't get boxed in the way that she did at Churchill Downs she's fine so now we're we have four breeders cup races we have four possibly five excuse me four possibly five breeders cup races and four divisional honors that seem I don't know I don't want to say cut and dry but pretty cut and dry the next one tell me which male sprinter is going to be elite power right now with the way he's gone that gives you another division as well sprint I I just I failed to see someone stepping up so substantially and him regressing it feels like he's only getting better with time not that he's all of a sudden you know looks like he's gonna ready ready to blow the engine it looks like he's just kind of coming into himself. And for him to have won at so wildly different racetracks, I'm not terribly concerned about Santa Anita. He's won at Belmont. He's won at Keeneland. He's won at uh, King Abdulaziz in Saudi. I don't know. Seems like he's just a good racehorse. So there's another division and another Breeders' Cup race. Older female with the distaff. Clarier, as far as the route runners are concerned, isn't she pretty clearly the best? I guess maybe there are some other horses that you can throw in the mix, but I, I don't know. It, it It seems like if she's in a race, she's probably going to win. Maybe her running style and the pace scenario could potentially compromise her at some point, but I don't know. I'm not in a rush to to go and, and play against her. And then with the older males, I guess the only real question for combination of older male and classic division. And maybe it's not really even an older male thing because even if Cody's wish, for whatever reason, doesn't stretch out, he's still going to have one-turn races at his disposal. He'll also have the dirt mile, and that is the one race that I did not mention from a Breeders' Cup standpoint to this point. If, for whatever reason, he he can't get nine furlongs or even ten... You've got the dirt mile in your back pocket. You've got one-turn races still. He'll probably be champion older male, would be my guess. But uh, let's just assume he does stretch out. Who's beating him right now? What what horse is going to go out there and defeat him? The older males right now, I would say, off the top of my head, it's him. You've got the two Kenny McPeak runners, who I think are both very good, rattle and roll and smile happy, uh, but... You know, and Baffert, I guess, has, he's got defunded, I think is fine. Country Grammar looks like he's lost a step. Taba, I don't know where he is. Sounds like the San Diego. Eh, fine. Uh, You know, it it, it seems kind of of clear that that's a division that, assuming he handles the two turns and longer distances, no one's beating Cody's Wish, not right now. And it looks like he's only getting better. And I maintain, I believe this absolutely times a thousand. And it's not that this isn't the case for all horses, but with all of the history and the backstory with this horse, I feel very confident that he is only going to race if they are extremely confident that he's going to win, not just run well. And I know you can't control that, big picture who you're running against what pace scenarios look like this that and the other but with everything everyone knows this horse and everyone knows the story behind Cody's wish and Cody the little boy himself and the family I cannot imagine that they are going to run this horse if there's even a question about his readiness and again I, I say that it's not that there are many horses that they just show up and they say, oh, you know, maybe today, maybe not today. This is a horse that's going to be a, a heavy favorite in every race he runs in. And with everything that's gone into this sort of story, they're not going to run him if they don't think he's going to win. I just I believe that. And if that means that, you know, if he gets beat because of the distance, they're, they're not going to keep going at the distances. They'll turn him right back to something that they know he's going to likely succeed in. But I believe he's going to get the distance. I don't see it being an issue. And I just think he's, from a talent standpoint, head and shoulders better than everyone else. So I guess, in summation, summarizing, what does all this mean? Well, it means that the three-year-olds are still a bit of an unknown, a bit of a wild card. I suppose someone could jump up. You're going to start to see that. Those divisions kind of come to fruition. We've got four weeks until the Haskell, which is shaping up to be a great race. Sounds like go rocket ride. Uh, it sounds like Arabian lion. An Arabian lion is not a horse to completely dismiss anymore. I'm still skeptical about how far he truly wants to go, but but on numbers and talent, he is as good as anyone. And I suppose there's a scenario in which maybe the distance ends up b- biting him in the ass. You know, here I am anointing elite power as just sort of he's going to win. Well, Arabian lion's pretty fast. So if for whatever reason, they can't get the distance with this horse and you have options then. You can turn him back to six, which might be a hair on the sharp side, but I don't see any reason why he couldn't do it. Or in all likelihood, you look at the dirt mile and he can kind of nix go a field like that and just you know run them off their feet. Beyond those horses, perhaps Mage shows up at some point here. I think we can all look at that Preakness and say... Not great. Not great, right? National Treasure is fine. I'm not trying to take anything away from him or Blazing Sevens. They ran one, two. They ran the best races that day at Pimlico, but the numbers would seem to back up my what my eyes are kind of saying, that neither of them are spectacular. And I suppose Archangelo is a true wild card. Because he is still lightly raced. He is seemingly getting better as time goes on. He's bred to get better as he gets older. So maybe Archangelo is one that can throw his hat into that older division or the the classic division. Um, Let's not forget about Forte. Let's not forget about the Brad Cox runners. And that's going to kind of roll into how we'll wrap up this week's show. It's not even really handicapping it, but it's tying it into this discussion of who could possibly be a horse to run with a Cody's wish, or maybe a three-year-old that we have not seen the best of. Two Phils makes his return in the Ohio Derby on Saturday. But I, I, I have a funny feeling there's a chance that he's actually not the favorite. And maybe that's totally you know misguided, and I'm, I'm trying to get too cute with this. But with the way that Archangelo came back to run and win the Belmont, I think everyone, when you watch the race in the Peter Pan, Bishop's Bay looks like he is going to go on and win, and he just never goes by. Maybe it's a combination of things, but I think Bishop's Bay, for how lightly raced he is, he is extremely dangerous to continue to improve, and he goes out for Brad Cox's barn. If there is a three-year-old that has not truly stamped themselves as a contender, not just for that division, but maybe even bigger, Maybe it's a Bishop's Bay because on numbers for how lightly raced he is, he has that sort of upside that you can project and say, maybe we've got 10 more points in us from a buyer standpoint on the buyer scale. Maybe we've got a negative two thorough graph in our back pocket at some point. Haven't seen it yet, but maybe we've got a a 128 timeform US rating. That's going to be a very interesting race at Thistledown on Saturday, the Ohio Derby. Two Fills comes back, and I love Two Fills. I think he ran the best, most complete Kentucky Derby. He didn't win, but given his sort of vicinity to the pace, which was hot, and his finish, I think in totality he ran the best race. The Derby itself, it's too early to say one way or the other if it was great or it was a little bit subpar, but it has not proven to be electric to this point. You've had fresh faces win each of the next two legs. And you had a, quite a few horses come out of the derby and run back into Belmont. So factor that in. So maybe this is a three-year-old division that's waiting for somebody to come up and you know sort of grab the bull by the horns. And with what he's done so far, how fast he's run, and how little he's run, maybe Bishop's Bay is the kind of horse that we can look at and say, as we get to making it up the Travers, oh, actually, he's the best three-year-old of this crop, at this point, anyway. Just some some overarching thoughts on where we stand with a number of these divisions and potentially what it could mean come Breeders' Cup weekend. Let me know your thoughts beneath the video player on YouTube or, again, on Twitter, at Bernie or underscore Matt. Uh, I'm going to head to the airport shortly, head down to Monmouth Park for this weekend, be down there with Larry Colmas going over a number of races. Looks like it could be a rather soggy weekend. And then I will have a little stretch here at home where next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I will be on FanDuel TV. But I will be here at home. And then the following week, I will be working Wednesday through Sunday here in Maine before making a couple more trips down to the Jersey Shore. And then I will be working the month of August from home. So looking forward to the next few weeks. Should be some great action looking forward to the Haskell I think that could be a very very stating the obvious it could be an important race it's always a good race but I think this year particularly it could be could be a bit of an enlightening race especially for some of these horses that need to prove that the distance is not going to be the thing that bites them if they do sky's the limit thank you for listening thank you for subscribing as always Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud YouTube Uh, search bar matt bernier show you can get this show along with the 161 prior until next week's show best of luck however you play whatever you play and wherever you play this has been episode 162 of the matt bernier show